Hello and welcome to Dinner Views. I'm Matthew Francis and this is the show where I get to cook a dream dinner for my amazing friends here in Hollywood and then I interview them about their life, their career, and their points of view on the world. Today we have an amazing friend of mine who is a guest for the show tonight. He is one of the sweetest human beings you'll ever meet. We first met when we did a video together for how to make fruitcake, where I made fruitcake for the first time, and it was a journey. It was very interesting to see him work and see him in action. But he's also done so many crazy videos where he like, kind of goes for crazy experiences to try something so you don't have to. And he just came out with an amazing MMA video where he trained for four months, and it's like a short film. It's incredible. Please welcome Arya Inthavon. Hey! Uh, hey, Matt. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. I'm really excited to, to be here. Yes. To eat. Also, he gets amazing hugs. If you can get an Aria hug, get an Aria hug. That's very sweet. You give actually really great hugs, too. I, I go in for it. I know? think because you're a tall guy, too. So yes. It feels very... And I'm like, kind of like a nurturing. teddy bear. Like a little bit, like, you know, got some meat on me. So it's like warm and comfy. It's very nurturing, for sure. I try to. Well, yes. Thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing I want to kind of talk to you about is just I gave a little bit of like a current career update for mm -hmm. you but as you know on the show I want to go a little bit more personal so if they don't know who you are and even for me kind of give us like an update a little like a bridged life story of Aria for us for, of my whole entire life yes absolutely uh, I grew up overseas most of my life very lucky uh, my parents uh, just brought me up in countries like uh, Singapore, Bali, Thailand, because my dad works in the hotel business, so I moved around a lot. Oh. Spent a lot of time in France because I am Lao, and Laos is a French colony. So during the 70s, there was a socialist takeover. People were fleeing the country, people got kicked out of the country, and some of my family were part of that. And oh. so a lot of them fled to France, some of them fled to the US, and so we would often then go to France. Obviously, I wasn't kicked out of the country at the time but when I was growing up I would visit family in France so I had a very international upbringing I didn't move to the US until I was 17 18 uh, but uh, so I had this kind of this, this third we call ourselves third culture kids oh, because okay. uh, it's a third a third culture kid is someone that grows up in a culture that isn't their own because mm. I'm Lao but I never lived in Laos because I, I technically I'm not allowed to live there I don't have like they st I don't have citizenship there. It was great though, you know, living in different cultures because uh, you get to meet people from so many different walks of life, and I think that kind of influences that kind of influences the work I do now. Yeah. Because I just love showcasing different people and lifestyles and cultures, not necessarily because of based on race or nationality, but. Yeah. Uh, it could be a thing like MMA as a subculture, or juggalos, or porn stars, yeah, yeah, or you know, any. I find you know these different subcultures that make people who they are so fascinating. That's why I love looking into them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess that's kind of my life. I, I've just always loved filmmaking, and working in entertainment has been the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Right. So I'm just glad to be able to try and tell stories with the work I do now, and I'm glad to be able to talk to you and to eat. When it comes to like storytelling, what's great about Arya is kind of way he does it it's like very casual and very like i'm gonna bring you along on this journey i don't know what's gonna happen but here we go and people people really relate to that so mm -hmm. it's like if you you've probably seen his videos because they always go viral but if you haven't go watch some more of his videos. you really should watch the video that matthew helped me with oh, that was that was a journey that was funny yeah that one didn't go viral it should have yeah but it was basically my attempt of making a fruitcake with matthew as my mentor yeah i i i botched it you know, but you know what? Matthew tried his best and I, it was a memorable experience and one that I'll take, I'll cherish forever that I, A, know how to make a fruitcake yeah. uh, <laughs> to yeah. an extent and I uh, and I know how it tastes. Yeah. Not a big fan of them. Yeah, like, basically what's funny is like, even though he like almost, you know, didn't do an amazing job, like it still just tasted like fruitcake, which is like very meh to begin with. So like it worked out. There you go. Um, great. So the first segment we do to also kind of just get to know you more is mm -hmm. the game Fast Food Favorites. Mm -hmm. You may have already heard about it or seen it already. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, you're going to pick a name out of the hat and you have one minute to like say as many as you possibly can. So you would say like your favorite salad topping mm -hmm. and um, you know, just like list it off and you keep grabbing more. And the goal is to beat everyone else who has already been on the show um, because I love competition. Uh, and so does that make sense? Do you get it? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. So I'll put a minute on the clock. <sighs> Okay, I love you it. can I do love it. Do you do you consider yourself to be a competitive person, or are you more? Well, I did just get in the cage you, with someone. That's very true. That's yeah. very true. So, but yeah. no, you're right. I I, I think I'm fairly competitive, uh, especially when it comes to more lighthearted stuff. So for this one, I'm very competitive actually. So Perfect. I will. Who, 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 who so, who's number one right now? So season one, the winner was Jalisa with 24. So far, the leader of season two is Kelsey Dara with 19. Okay. So I think you can do it. I believe in you. It's tough. Three. Two, one, go. 
<laughs> legume, bean, lentil, uh, <laughs> kidney. Sure, bean. that works. Yeah. Uh, That's it. So, no, so kidney. Now you do another. Oh, you do another. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Not uh, Brazil. Not yeah. uh, donut. Uh, glazed. Yep. Okay. Uh, candy. M Ms. Mm -hmm. uh, oil. Olive. Uh, burger topping. Egg. Sandwich. BLT. Uh, junk food. Uh, Donuts, spice, uh, paprika, uh, bagel, sesame, uh, chip flavored chocolate, uh, chocolate bar, Reese's buttercups. Is that a chocolate bar? Lettuce. Is there a different types of lettuce? <laughs> green yeah. lettuce. Green that works. Yeah. <laughs> green lettuce. Uh, comfort food. Um, chili, <laughs> rice, sticky rice. Ooh. Love sticky rice. Uh, salad toppings. Uh, Caesar. Ooh. Oh. So Caesar will count. Um, good job. The one thing that really stuck out to me was so uh, for lettuce, yeah, there's like many types of like you know greens, but green lettuce counts like green leaf lettuce is a, a, its own thing, so that works. I'll take that. Uh, and then also for chip flavor, it's so funny because you said chocolate chip, which totally works. So that's uh -huh. a chip. But we were thinking of like potato chips. No. But that's. <laughs> but I guess there is chocolate covered potato chips too. But that's awesome. Um, okay, let's count them up. It would have been barbecue. Ooh. If it was chip flavor. But also, I still count the chocolate. So once once you count them for me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna discard the ones that I felt were a little stressful. No, 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 you can one, keep them in because it's not even getting it right. Three, it's, it's like just four, whatever comes to your head. Five. So. Oh, that's right. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Kelsey Dara, I'm coming for you next time. <laughs> so seventeen, you got? Yeah, this. Uh, oh, sixteen. Oh, sixteen. Okay. Sixteen. If you Very ever do a, a series close. reunion special, we'll have to do like. <laughs> Like, yeah, like some kind of, like, um, competition again where it's, like, takebacks or a revenge or something like that. But that was still good, and we got to learn a lot about you, which is yes. the point. Do you have any favorite, like, do you have a favorite rice? Um, I really love, uh, like, sushi rice, like, sticky sushi rice. Um, oh, for, that's nice. Yeah, I also like brown rice. I mm. use that a lot for just to be, like, healthy. Um, also, I'm from Minnesota, and we have our own, like, uh, like authentic, it's... Technically rice, but because um, wild rice, mm -hmm. but it's kind of more of like a like a weed. Like I don't know if you had wild rice before, but it's like black and it's longer. But um, it's called wild rice in the wild rice soup, chicken wild rice soup. Mm, but it's very great. Minnesotan. Um, so yeah, I love wild rice as well. Good to know. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was fast food favorites. That was you earning the food. So now we get to actually get to have some food. Oh, what a treat. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this next segment is called What App. <laughs> so while we eat the appetizer, <laughs> you're gonna answer some questions from social media apps. Absolutely. Okay. Here we go. Uh, I love, I love shrimp cocktail. Yay, I do too. So when you sent that, I was like, yep, we're gonna do mm -hmm. that. Um, so basically, um, you know, a lot of people, they order shrimp cocktail at restaurants or they will maybe like get it in a convenience package at a grocery store, but it's so easy to make yourself and that's why I try to do it. So when you, what you do is you get the shrimp and you peel and devein them and you can just kind of poach them with uh -huh. water, lemon, maybe some parsley stem, salt and pepper. Kind of keep it simple, but give it a little bit of acidity. And then cocktail sauce is super simple. If you want to be like bare bones, you can just do like ketchup and horseradish mm -hmm. and that's all you actually need. But for this one, what you do is you take like diced tomatoes, some onions, some garlic, you cook it down till it's kind of jammy. Then I added in some horseradish and there's fresh parsley on top, salt, pepper, lemon juice, and a little bit of vinegar. And that's how you make um, cocktail sauce from scratch. You made that from scratch? Yeah. So, and also when we do, um, so if you want to learn how to make it, there's always a recipe video. So there'll be that attached to this. So you can see how to make all this food and then make it and enjoy it with us. Um, but yeah, it's homemade and I want to do that for you, of course. Oh, it's amazing. That's so, that's so sweet. You're such a sweet guy. I mean, I don't think I've ever had homemade cocktail sauce. Yeah. Well, hopefully before. it doesn't taste like way different than what you're normally no, no. used to. No, no, I'm sure it's going to be okay. great. Okay. Um, so why don't we each try some and then oh, we'll absolutely. go into questions. Tell me what you oh. think. I'm excited. Good? That's so good, Matthew. Mm. Just what you need after a long day at work. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? I think so too. Where, like, where was the first time you ever had shrimp cocktail? Like, where did you fall in love with it? You know what? So much, so many of the dishes I remember I loved growing up, including shrimp cocktail, were just stuff that I'd eat at family gatherings. Mm. And so this is something that my parents would either serve or, especially at dinner parties that they would throw. Yeah. You know, they love throwing dinner parties. And so we'd always get a little bit of the food. And so this, I think I fell in love with shrimp cocktail at one of these such gatherings where they have family and friends over. It's always a great, easy sort of like thing that everyone can sort of enjoy. Totally, you just like walk by, get a dip, walk but, out. 
I'll say this though, they never, I don't think they ever made homemade cocktail sauce. Oh, no? I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying. This is this is really special. Yeah. Just because usually it's from a, a bottle or something. Exactly. Or a, tu- a, a tub. So I'll pull up some questions for you, sir, and you can just keep munching away on all those shrimpies. Absolutely, well. Okay, so the first one comes from our friend Megan Boykoff, mm. and she says, um, fuck, Mary kill, Buble, Fernando, or Boba? It's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, yeah. I love Boba, and Fernando's one of my dearest friends, mm-hmm. and of course, I love Michael Buble. Yeah. Michael Buble is a Canadian treasure, he is an icon. Cutie. A cutie? That's such a sweet guy, too. Yeah. You know, so I cannot kill Michael Buble. That's, that's oh. already... You know, that's not that's gonna ruin Christmas for everyone. So yeah, let's go. I'm going to. You know what? I'm 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 gonna marry Michael Bublé. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I'll marry Fernando. Oh, Fernando's okay. such a sweet man. He is. Um, problematic but sweet. <laughs> but we're very close. I think we would enjoy a married life together. Michael Bublé. I don't know. I I would feel constantly under stress trying to make sure I'm. The best possible version of me for him. Okay. So let's, we'll just have sex once. Got get it. Get done over with. And Boba, it's heartbreaking to say because I used to love it so much, but I'll kill Boba just because I'm, I, after my training regime, yeah. I only have one Boba a week now. So yeah. I think I can live without Boba. Wow. But I was very addicted to Boba before I started training for my MMA video because yeah. I was I drank it like almost, I think, once a day, which yeah. is horrible. That's A lot horrible. of sugar. and A lot of sugar. A lot of carbs. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's a great choice. I think I probably would do the same thing. I think with Buble, like you don't want it to ever like get into like the area of too long. You want it to be a nice romantic mm-hmm. night and then move on, right? Have him sing for me in the morning, then I'll leave. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this is from one of your fans and they said, would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? It's oh, a tough one. You know what, I'd say hands for feet just because no one's gonna, they're less than, that's not, because I'll have regular hands. Mm-hmm. Now, feet for hands, hands for feet down there, no one needs to, needs to really see it, I'll just wear big shoes. Do, do, would you, what would I you would do? I would do the exact same thing. I think mm-hmm. I'd rather have hands for feet because I can hide them in my shoes. And exactly. Then if for every reason I have to like get into a fight, I can probably have more dexterity with feet hands than um, the other way around. That, that would have been good for you in the cage. Listen, I've, in my life, when I got bullied as a kid, I roundhouse kicked someone in the face, so I'm already oh. halfway there. Uh, <laughs> I, I would not have messed with you, because you, 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 were you always tall? I was always tall. I used to be way chubbier, and I got made fun of mm-hmm. for being like gay and chubby. But I watched Power Rangers, so I was like, I will, <laughs> kick, your, I was like, I will kick your ass. So it worked out. And I, yeah, I was always like a linebacker, so people were always, like, if they bullied me and then they got scared, because I would be like, I'll sit on you. <laughs> <laughs> How did you first get into Michael Buble? Oh, that's so strange. You know what? I've always loved Christmas. I think that's what it is. I've always, always loved Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I, I don't even. I'm not even a very religious person. I'm, I'm Buddhist. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't celebrate it for the religious. I don't celebrate Christmas for the religious reasons. Yeah. But I think there's something about the holiday time that, as cliche or corny as it may sound, you know, it brings people together. And you know, I feel like people are just, you know, they're like nicer on the holidays. Even yeah. the people that hate the holidays, they're just nicer. You're kind of forced to be nicer. Yeah. There's Christmas lights. And during uh, holidays, you it's know. just sets you know it sets the tone. It's warm. It's loving. Yeah. And so I guess my love for Christmas obviously translates to Michael Bublé being the voice of Christmas. But I think the first time I actually ever heard Michael Bublé was when Home came out mm. all those years ago. And I thought that is a beautiful song. That is the voice of an angel. Yeah. And I will I will listen to this man till the day I die. And I hope that when the day comes. They will play his songs at my funeral. <laughs> so. Wait, funeral? This, why don't you start with wedding first? Let's, let's yeah, sure. Let's go wedding. Positive. Yeah, let's, with the wedding. Okay. okay. And then funeral. <laughs> when that day comes, make sure yeah, they, okay. make sure they play Buble. Okay. Okay, I will make sure it'll be in the contract. Yeah. Um, okay, and so now a lot of you guys are very horny for Aria, oh, so yes. but I'm gonna keep it more PG and just say, oh, Lord, I'll just keep it PJ and be like, um, uh, what are you looking for in a partner? Like, what's someone that's good for you? Uh, do we, are we talking about partner like a one night stand? Let's do both. Is it both? Or? Yeah, this okay. is that kind of show. Like, for, let's start off with one night stand. Like, what do you need in a person to have a fun one night stand? What's like physically not? You know, ideally they're just not. Physically, I I don't really mind too much. I, it's more like I try not to have any. Okay. But uh, if it is gonna be that way, you know, let's let's just let's just both know it for what it is and let's just you know let's not linger <laughs> in them either of us yeah uh because i'm sure i've been guilty of that so you know what i think it's best that we just 
No, this is gonna be a, mem- a beautiful night, a beautiful <laughs> night, a beautiful cherished memory, and go our separate ways. Yes. Don't let let's not sour things in the morning with a long conversation about the weather that yeah. you, you kind of awkwardly have. We don't need unless to do you're that. Michael Bublé singing to him in the morning. Yes, yes, you have to leave. Yes, Michael Bublé can stay for breakfast. Absolutely, got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay, then how about a partner? An that actual you partner. Like marry? Yeah. yeah. You know, I. You know, it's romance has always been something very dear to me. You know. Uh, I think I love romantic comedies, favorite genre of movie. Uh, and so I guess for me, in a long-term partner, and I haven't been in a long-term relationship for a couple of years now, but you know, if I'm looking for someone long-term, I, I am, I will say to my own detriment, I'm quite picky. And I think it's because uh, of these reasons that I'm looking for someone like this, because like, yeah. I feel like I need someone with a sense of humor. For sure. And also someone that understands sarcasm, because I'm a very sarcastic person. So if they don't understand sarcasm, it it goes out the window. I found myself attracted to people that don't understand sarcasm. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna give them a chance. Yeah. And like, doesn't work out. You know, like it just doesn't. You know, it just doesn't click because you know eventually, you know, the sense of humor is what's gonna hopefully sustain a relationship in the long term. Because even if you end up hating each other down the line, hopefully at least you can make each other laugh. Yeah, that's like the most important thing. Is like. If you click and if you can make each other have fun, yeah, like that's the most Self awareness is very important to me. Mm. I think you, I think, I think that goes kind of hand in hand with a sense of humor because I think people with a sense of self awareness can be more sarcastic. Yeah, uh, and I think just in general because then you know I think people that are more self aware are a more polite, which is what another thing I look for. You know, I don't like rude people in general in everyday yeah. life. I mean, who does? But right. particularly, you know, I, I do notice that someone's not the nicest to people. So that's a big thing for me too. And again, that once again, it goes hand in hand with someone being self-aware of the way they act around people. Um, and yeah, you know, as someone with ambition that is passionate about whatever it is they do and yeah. that they, they're going for it. Cause obviously I think when you have, I like someone that just goes for things. You know, I don't yeah. like people that play it safe. Yeah. You know, I think life is to be lived. And so if it's someone that's like, even if their dream is crazy yeah. and whatever field they're in, like if they want to, if they want to, build a house on the moon you know if they're working towards it you know i love that you know uh and so if yeah that's what's important someone with ambition someone that's smart driven i mean these are all what's the word these are all words with a lot of positive connotations that we don't this sounds like a perfect person yeah right but you know what i guess those are the things that i look for and that's probably why uh things don't work out for me in the sense that i'm notoriously picky because i can't find (laughs) no it'll happen (laughs) shut up you have many suitors and just know that you keep being you and then the correct person will come along eventually. Bless you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Okay, so um, our friend Jack asked this question and he said, uh, who, like, ask him who his best friend is. Oh, <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good one because Jack, Jack knows that Jack is one of my closest friends and he's doing this because he knows that he knows he wants to throw a little, he wants to make this tricky for me because I have numerous close friends and I, I, you know what, I, I, I will say that my closest friend is my brother. My best friend oh, is my brother. okay. Yes. Yeah. See, that's smart. You can't top family, Jack. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, my brother. So yeah, I think that. He goes, he goes, he goes, it better be me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I, when, I, when that answer came to my head, I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> that's yeah, like, yeah. I saved myself there. Yeah. But it's true though. My brother, obviously, we grew up, we were very close. We lived together. Yeah. Uh, but I am very lucky to have people like Jack in my life and other people like Fernando in my yes. life. And so it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. good company. Oh, okay, so one thing that I'm curious for you is, and I'm sure people watching will be um, interested in, is what's like your kind of formula or thinking or angle when it comes to making a video go viral? Because you've had like a lot of great experience with that, and obviously at BuzzFeed it's kind of like what we're trained to do, but I'm curious about what your take on what makes a video go viral, or what makes a video mm. go viral. You know, it's fascinating because, it's, you're right, I've had several videos go viral. Mm-hmm. But then some of the videos I'm most passionate about, or the ones I'm most excited about, they don't do well at all. And it's, so it's yeah. kind of it's a very interesting mixed bag. It's like, in a perfect world, we have this happy medium where you're making things you're really passionate about, that you're really excited about, and that they also go viral. So it's like, you know, what, what can we make for viewers en masse that they'll enjoy, that we're also proud of. And so I guess, it's like I have no real formula for me yeah. honestly what drives me with the content I make is I want to make something that I that I think I would enjoy watching right and that way no matter how it does I think well at least it's something I'm proud of and so it's kind of always a shot in the dark for me yeah it really is like the MMA video for example I did this video as you mentioned where I trained MMA for four months and I fought in a cage yeah. and that was a 
it was a risk because you know I train for four months. I edit this this long video, and in my past experience, I've done long videos that just flop. Yeah. And so I was like, if I'm dedicating this much time, I, I'm praying it does well. Right. And thankfully it has. But in the past, like I said, I've done big products I'm super proud of that have taken a lot out of me and they just don't, they just don't do that well. But at the same time, the end product is something I'm so proud of that it doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't, matter. Ma- doesn't matter so much. And I think finding that place in yourself creatively where you're, where you're able to be happy with the product despite mm-hmm. it not meeting certain metrics within the BuzzFeed verse or exactly. the internet verse, is something you kind of want to find that way you can find happiness in whatever you're making uh because at the same time you know you realize that specifically at buzzfeed a flop at buzzfeed is still something that usually reaches like tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people so that's still great um but when it comes to creating something that's viral or hoping to create something that's viral you know i think it's just a matter about creating something that you hope people will relate to that people can share it's about creating something that really just i want to create stuff that no one really has really seen on the internet before. Yeah. Like that's stuff when I when I make stuff I'm passionate about. It's like what hasn't been done that make people that will make people want to say, oh, that's interesting. I'll click and watch that. Yeah. And it's it's a constant evolving process because you never know what will work. Because if we did, then we just keep turning them out. Yeah. Um. And so for me, yeah, my process is a, what would I enjoy seeing? B, what would I be proud of? And C, how can I make that marketable yeah. to people? I guess that's that's the formula. Yeah. That's that's good. And like one thing that I think I've learned over the last few years is like. You know, everyone's always searching for like the one thing that'll work or companies are like, you know, mm-hmm. make me a viral video. And it's like, it's not just like a simple thing. And I've found that once, once you do start making some, you realize that they don't really have a huge value inherently mm-hmm. just because they're viral. Like, yeah, they might make the company work for money or they may get a lot of eyes on them, but it really is those videos that you put your heart and soul into that really follow you for your whole life. So like, I think what we learn as, as like, whether it be BuzzFeed or PostBuzzFeed or anyone who works in media is like, as long as you're creating something that you care about, it has value enough for you and that's like what's the most important. That's so true, value is the word, that was, that's the perfect way to describe it. Because there's value that the audience hopefully sees too when they yeah. see how much work you put into it. Because it's better to relate deeply with 10 people than to like have a million people watch something and not ever really connect, right? Like, it, what's the point of that then? Couldn't put it better myself. Yep, so true. Uh, okay, so I have one last question mm-hmm. for you, and then we'll move on to dinner. Oh, wait, right, another strip? Yes. Um, okay, so uh, during the actual, during the MMA video, like a lot of like the sentiments that I thought were really fascinating, because I really related to that portion, was like everyone thinking you couldn't do it because you're such a sweet guy. And I get told I'm a sweet guy all the time, you're too. You're a sweet guy. Thank you, which I appreciate. I, I think you appreciate it as well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people do either push, like you're like a pushover, or like they mm-hmm. think that they can walk all over you, or they think that you can't do things, or that you're always that way. So I'm curious of like when people say a sweet guy, like what's your thought about that, and what are your thoughts on all that and that term of being a sweet guy? Absolutely, I, I think that's it's, it's a very it's a very interesting conversation to be had because it's so true that we see a word like. Everyone, want, you want to be called a sweet guy, or yeah. you want to be called a nice guy. It is a nice thing; it's a great sentiment. And when you get called it at face value, and when I am called it, I love it. I'm yeah. the, of course, I, w- I don't want to be seen as a dick. I don't yeah. want to be seen as a not, no, none of us do. Yeah. But it is like there's so many layers behind it, right? It's it's because like while it's a word that you think has positive connotations, there are just so many layers behind any word, really, right? Because someone can be a nice guy, but then it's like the idea that they're, they're nice, but that means they're a pushover, or yeah. they're soft, or they're weak or they're, you know, they won't stand up for themselves. And then you think of someone, a word like, if someone's an asshole, you know, that's a word with negative connotations, but then layers behind that, some people maybe, some people find assholes attractive, right? right. Or they find that assholes as, oh, at least, you know, they're confident. They're powerful. Powerful. So yeah. there's so many layers behind it. So it really is interesting because, so I think at face value when I'm called that, it's, I think when you're at face value, whenever you're called that, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think we should never see a positive word as a bad thing. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, I won't say it's up to your to you as the person to prove them wrong because ultimately with the MMA video, I didn't want to prove anyone really wrong in yeah. the end. I just want kind of want to prove to myself that I could do it. Right. And I think that's what it is. It's we should always accept who we are and we should be proud of whatever positive labels people give us, but also know at the same time that we really are more than those labels. And I think by believing that yourself, hopefully that can then ripple and emanate to others. 
because it's, it's, about, it's about having confidence in who you are as a person yeah. and uh, you shouldn't shape it's, it's been said before but you really shouldn't shape who you are for others and it's yeah. again the same sort of thing because some person may see you may see yourself as they may call you nice right and you may believe that and you may you probably are stronger than what they may see just by that label but you can only prove those people wrong to an extent they may never see you as yeah. strong they may never see you at, like after the fight for example so i did the mma video i fought in a cage and so of course there's the underlying arc of okay he's a nice guy trying to fight in the cage does that then mean he's strong does that then mean yeah. he's confident right but some people may never see me that way or some right. people may never see you in that way so by getting caught up in what other people see you as it's kind of a battle you never know if you're going to win or not so there's right. no point even worrying about it so I say when you're called positive things, take it for what it is, embrace it. And I think it's just a matter of knowing and of knowing and being confident in who you are and uh, what you are capable of. That's good. That's some good advice. And I also just think like, I think one of the goals of our lives should be also to kind of like just prove that we are complex human beings mm -hmm. that are multifaceted and aren't just one thing. So in that video, you just learn that you, yes, you are a sweet guy, but you're also just so much more. Mm -hmm. Which is what? As we all are. Like you yeah. said, we all are such complex yeah. people. And it's just, yeah, sometimes we're put into these boxes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we're put in boxes by people that are just as equally complex. We, yeah. So it's fascinating. And That's our why friends. And our friends who like love yeah. us. But like sometimes they, even your friends put you in boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unintentionally so. Or yeah. just, this is the nature of humans, I think. It's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. keep eating some shrimp. And then I'm going to warm up your dinner. And because the next segment, sorry, so the next segment is called Dream Dish. Mm -hmm. So while I'm dishing food for you, you have to dish for us either a secret mm -hmm. that you have not told anyone before, okay. or you have to reveal something to us and dish on like a subject you love or that the world should know more about. Copy. All right, we'll okay. do. Great. Take on that. Oh, look at that. Oh, that smell smell. good? It smells amazing. Good. Oh my gosh. Wow. I have not had this in. Uh, a very long time, so yeah. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, Matthew. Ah, love the smell. So right in front of us, we mm -hmm. have spaghetti a la uh, vongole. Yeah, vongole. Yeah. Von a vongole. Yes, I think it means clams. I'm not sure. I yeah, I'm pretty sure because it's basically just spaghetti and clams. So <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping it's that. Yeah. Um, but where did you first have it? And like, tell me any kind of stories. Uh, I mean, or? I think I I would say my dad's dish that he loves to cook for guests is not vongole. He loves to cook. Um, What's that called? Couscous. But if there was something else he'd love to cook for special occasions for us, it, it would be this. And so I grew up eating this a lot, often, not a lot, I would say on special occasions. Like I think he'd make it on my birthday, stuff like that. And then of course, many years later, when I was, I think I was like 12, we went to Italy and mm -hmm. I would just eat this all the time there. Like we go to different Italian, we went to different restaurants in Italy, but I just kept having more and more vongole. I think there's just something about it. I think it's also so simple. Yeah. You know, and even I, I haven't made it in a while, but I have made it. So I remember like with my last long-term relationship, I would make that for her. And I, think I've, I don't think I made it since just because I haven't had the, haven't had a, a drive to make it, but yeah. here it is. That's why I'm very excited to have it. It's just- Do you like that? Like, do you like the kind of the brininess from the clams or like what about it is like really great for you? Flavor? It's weird. I don't usually like wine, but I love the wine, the hints of wine yeah. in combination with, like you said, that, 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 that brininess from the clams. It just coats the pasta so well, yeah. and it just, it's just... Do you put extra cheese on top for you, or do you not put any cheese on it? I don't put any cheese on it. Yeah, what I do is I put some pepper flakes, as you yes, have there. Yes, yes. I do like it with a lot of pepper flakes, and that's basically it. And, you know, it just, it just, it's a dish that just reminds me of growing up. Gotcha. You know? that's, what, that's what the beauty of it is. Perfect. Do you have, like, your secret that you thought of? Yes. It's not really, okay, so it's, it's a mixture of the two. It's Perfect. kind of a, a secret that... Uh, I'm trying to find the best way to word it because it's 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 something that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. But something that I don't really speak about. Got it. Well, as long as it's dishing. I am dishing. We're we're great. Uh, so basically, uh, when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, I actually I wanted to be an actor. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to be an actor, nice. and so uh, it was. Uh, I wanted to be an actor, and that's kind of. But then I kind of like changed my 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 i guess my field into wanting to direct i enjoy that to the storytelling side of things and so over time like i said i've always wanted to to be in this business there's nothing else i ever i ever wanted to do except be in entertainment mm -hmm. but I, I for a long time i drifted away from acting but i did start back when i was in college i did a i went to community college at first and i did a theater degree there nice but i just kept drifting away from acting and i guess if there's something i want to dish is that i think in recent times that passion has come back 
And there's there's a part of me that wants to tackle tackle that as a challenge, you know? Why not? This you is know? the place to do it. You're at a good location to try mm -hmm. it out at BuzzFeed, I think. Um, and I, you have the looks for it. Oh, pfft. Okay, Matthew, you really say so sweet. That is a liar, but sweet. Liar? You have like, like at least a hundred people who are like sending me um, dirty, dirty things about you. So you've got the looks for sure, my friend. For those hundred, sure. Yeah. But yeah. no, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So I think I'm dishing in the sense that because I don't think I've really spoken openly about it for a long time that I want to try it again. And I think it, I think it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? It's it's one of those things where it takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone because I think yeah. a, lot, a part of me that that was afraid to try and tackle it was mm. a yeah, you're surrounded by such talented people here in LA. Yeah. For one, yeah. and B, obviously as a minority, it's it's not easy out there. Yeah. And so for a lot, of, I think, I leaned into the directing, producing side of things, mm -hmm. not just because I wanted to step away from acting, because I certainly do love directing, storytelling, writing, but I think a part of that was also like, yeah, I was like, I was, I'm just gonna lean into this side of my talents, because I'm not sure if I can succeed in this realm. Mm. But at this point in my life, I'm thinking, you know what? I've experienced so much that I can't let fear or doubt yes. kind of prevent me from pursuing something. And even if I fail, I guess that's kind of the whole mantra I had with the fight video or anything like that is, you know, you can't let fear or doubt stop you from tackling the things you want to do. And so, yeah. yeah, this is the first time I've openly said it in a long time, but I'd love to, I'd love to make a foray back into actual scripted acting. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, a friend of mine recently did a short film where he was nice enough to cast me, Patrick Ward, who worked at BuzzFeed oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, and so, you know, that was like a fun way to get back into it. I enjoy comedy acting a lot. And yeah. I think in many ways, a lot of the videos I've done at BuzzFeed where I've on camera, to an extent, I, you know, I am playing a bit of a character, character yeah. you know? And so it's, it's not like, it's not, it's not like a distant like thing that I haven't touched in a while, but it's something I'm just, it's been cooking up in my mind and I'd love to just see what I can accomplish in that field. And so, yeah, I am passionate about it because I think entertainment and film in general or acting, storytelling is such, entertainment is just such a, especially in times like these where things are, you know, such, we're in harrowing times. Yeah. We all need a little break from things. And yeah. so as storytellers, yourself included, you know, with yeah. the interviews as creators, mm -hmm we have an opportunity to give people an escape. Yeah. And so it, it is foolish, uh, maybe not foolish. It's but not it's a foolish it's, at it's, all. It's, no, I was gonna say, it's a shame, oh. it's a waste if we don't. If there we, we don't. go. That's, it's foolish if we don't, yes. that's what I'm saying. It yes. is foolish, you know. And, and then also, like, I don't, like this show is all about saying your dreams, saying your goals, and mm -hmm. manifesting it so it happens, put it out in the universe. So I'm yes. glad you revealed that, because now I know, since it's out there, it's gonna happen. Yeah. When the Academy Award comes, we'll say it started right here. It was right here over clams. Um, but yes, let's try it. Oh, look at that. It looks perfect. And you know what? I, I miss pasta so much during my MMA video. Oh, I, I had red lentil penne, which isn't bad. Mm. I actually enjoyed it, but just to have a classic bit of pasta. Mm. Is it good? It's perfect, Matthew. Thank yeah. you so much. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Olive oil. The olive oil, too, is what makes it for me. Yes. A little bit of like some fatty goodness to coat all the noodles is important. Did Hallie's just knew what they're doing, you know? Yeah. They really do. Lots of carbs, lots of fat, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. The best thing about this is that, you know, despite this being my dream dinner, yeah. it's also actually fairly healthy for the most part. You know, there's yeah. nothing like horrible about it. No. Like I was gonna say, so like so how you make uh spaghetti a la vongole mm -hmm. is you basically start off with about I'd say about a fourth of a cup of olive oil, so like kind of a good amount of olive oil. Heat it up with some like shaved garlic and some red chili flakes, maybe a little bit of salt. Mm -hmm. You cut those until they're a little bit brown, so they're really aromatic and you're smelling both the chilies and the garlic. Then you uh, add in about one fourth a cup to half a cup of white wine, some good white wine. And you're gonna kind of let that reduce a bit. And um, as Arya said, like, the white wine is really important. And so you wanna make sure you are doing that correctly. Then you add in your clams. Um, and you uh, like put a lid on it and let it cook in the chili, garlic, a wine, mm. aromatics until they pop open. And then uh, hopefully earlier you already cooked some pasta. You add in the cooked pasta and you just kind of toss it all together with a little bit extra of like the pasta liquid. And then um, since there's starch in that pasta liquid, it kind of coats all the noodles and all that sauce kind of comes together and you have like a creamy sauce without, without having to add any cheese. I did see online some people add cheese on top, some people don't. It's like a personal preference of some people, so I have it here as an option, but I agree. I think it's more traditional not to have it. So, yeah, but that's perfection. how you make it. This is perfection, honestly, truly to me. This is your first time having vongole? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had like um, pasta dishes that are similar to it, like in style, mm -hmm. but I've never had like the actual clams. So, uh, with spaghetti, but it's delicious. Well, kudos to the chef. Oh. <laughs>
Thank you. Oh yeah, I guess I just like <laughs> <did> my phone <laughs> Well deserved. Okay. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> this is. I'm just letting you talk so I can keep eating, honestly. I'm not no, gonna good. Lie. And here, and I'm going to give you some more because you already oh, like, worked your way through. I won't say no. Yeah, when I was doing the, the MMA video, yeah. I was on a very strict diet. Yeah. And I, the fir- honestly, for the first month, they had me, first month and a half, my calories were 1,900 maximum, which is, like, I, think the, I think that's the below. I, below the, the uh, standard. The standard. I think usually a minimum for men. Yeah. It was like 2,000. So yeah. I was like eating under what I should be eating. And I was training twice a day. So I was hungry and cranky all the time. Ugh. So now whenever I can eat, I'll eat. And I just love pasta so much. And pasta, I think it was like the first real meal I had the day after the fight. It, it, was, uh, it, was, just like, it was just like garlic pasta. Uh, and that um, was great. It was, it was everything I needed. This is everything I needed right now, perfect. honestly. And this is perfect because I've been edit- I was editing the video so much last week. So this is a nice, a real treat. So oh. thank, thank you so much, honestly. Wow. It's uh, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so while we're mm-hmm. eating, continuing to um, kind of go through the dinner, let's continue with the deeper dinner mm-hmm. view. So um, obviously you're really focused on this like current video you did, but you've also made so many amazing ones before. Mm-hmm. So um, besides the MMA video, do you have like a favorite video you've done that like kind of sticks out for you that you're really proud of? I've been lucky enough at BuzzFeed that I've had managers that have supported me in doing some pretty big passion projects. Yeah. And so obviously, yes, the MMA one was a big one and it's probably my biggest so far. But I mean, in the past, I've done things ranging from just like really fun stuff that I've been personally mm-hmm. very proud of. Like I wrote a love song with Michael Buble mm-hmm. and that was a real, it was just a, a real, such a, it was a, it's a still a surreal experience to know that I sat with that man, wrote a song with him. Mm-hmm. And then, the thing is with Michael, that video, I don't know if you know this, yeah. but he, so we wrote a song together by Kublai in 15 minutes yeah, yeah. and he was so into it. And, uh, and I said, I'm going to go perform. I told him I'm going to go perform this for the end. Of, I mean, at the end of the video, I was going to go face my fear of performing in public because I'm not a singer. I don't want to be a singer, Yeah. but I felt like, you know what, for this video, I'm going to sing at an open mic night and just face that fear. Cause I'm all about tackling your fears. So yeah. just do it. And I told him about that. He said, oh, okay, great, great, great. Well, I'm going to go to my rehearsal tonight with my band. And I'll have my pianist come up with an accompaniment, and I'll send it to you if you want. And so he just he just gave me his number. Yeah, and he but the, he, and he said I'm gonna I'm gonna text you tomorrow with like a, with with something, and uh, and I, I didn't expect to hear anything. The next day I I get a text Michael Bublé. Oh he sends me an God. audio file of him singing the song with a piano accompaniment, and it was just and I was like okay, <laughs> this is very surreal. So just as an overall experience, that was just such, I'm very proud of the final video. I just, the experience itself was just so memorable that I'll yeah. cherish that for the rest of my life. Yeah. But just in terms of also something I'm also very proud of is I did a, a, another video on a different scope that I'm just proud of in terms of quality is a video I did last fall where it's similar to the MMA video in the sense that it was like a, a long challenge yeah. and it was more serious in tone because my other stuff usually takes more humor in tone. Mm-hmm. But for this one, what I did was I, I, there's a, there's a whole community of IRL streamers, in real life streamers, mm. where they stream their lives on camera. They show what they're doing, they're eating, oh. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People just watch and they pay to watch these people eat. They donate money to watch these people eat, go about their everyday lives. It's like it's like computer streaming, but instead of that, of being in front of a game, they're just out and about on the streets. So I wanted to investigate this culture. So what I did was for seven days nonstop, I streamed my life. I had a camera on me while I was sleeping. Oh, I saw this one. Holy, sh- I have to- You should watch that. it. Yeah. It, it is actually something I'm very proud of. It's 22 minutes long, so like, it's a long video. But it was just seven days nonstop of me, like struggling through it, and and like I I met with it was such it was a it was a, that one was a roller coaster because like at first I thought it was just gonna be like kind of interesting to see me have a camera on me while I'm going to the bathroom or just uh, the camera wasn't with me while I was in the bathroom, but like it was running yeah uh, just everyday life and it was just but then it, the journey became something so much more unexpected for me because basically the IRL streaming community is. It's rooted in a side of the internet that has a lot more internet trolls. Mm. And so suddenly I had viewers from a community that is more trollish in nature. So there's a lot of like this very interesting, it was a very interesting kind of like this, this kind of like juxtaposition where like here you have Buzzfeed where, you know, obviously very much about positivity mm-hmm. and you know, it's a very, you know, it's, you know, we're a left wing uh, outlet. Uh, but at then, suddenly have these trolls and, and they would see me streaming at BuzzFeed. And so people, when you watch the video, you'll see like p- 
people like Julissa and Galileo yeah. know you, they love you but very much. Oh, were they bad to them? Oh, they were bad. No. Now, they were like, there was a day, you'll see it if you watch the video. I'm gonna watch it now. There, there's a day where I think it was, it was Thursday of the week. I did seven days nonstop. And Thursday that day, I had to go to a meeting. So I gave the, I had a little backpack, a company named Live View were very nice to give enough to give me a backpack with the camera. Uh, and so I gave the camera to them to say, I'm gonna go to the meeting. I couldn't bring the camera into the meeting because it was like, I think it was a manager check-in or something. So they wanted to keep it hush hush. And so I gave it to Gadiel and Julissa. And the thing is like, I had been able up until that point, I knew they were trolling so I could handle it yeah. to the extent like I knew how to kind of like handle them. Yeah. But then when suddenly when Gadiel and Julissa had it, the trolls just went in and they were just saying very racist, stuff. racist oh homophobic stuff. And the, the camera went around they were trying to like, pass the bag around BuzzFeed because they didn't really want to handle it. So that more people like were getting trashed, and it was it was you'll see it in the video. Uh, and so it was just, it was it was such it was such a journey of highs and lows. But at the same time, like it's it was just so fascinating to be a part of to be integrated into this culture. Where at the same time, like despite the lows, yeah, yeah there were trolls, but there were also so many people in this community that you actually build bonds with. And yeah. so like like a lot of the viewers also weren't just from the trolling community. A lot of them were from. Uh, you know, they were from BuzzFeed viewers and stuff like yeah. that. And just be able to build a connection with your viewers that, you know, you wake up and they're checking in on you, you're, yeah. you're talking to them. By the end of it, when I knew my stream was coming to an end, I was actually sad. It was so such a strange experience. Like, I didn't expect to have such a journey. Because you connected so deeply with Exactly. People. I was like, yeah. I don't want to say goodbye in a way. Yeah. And you'll see it all in the video. But yeah, it was such a strange experience. And I think it made for a very interesting, it, it basically is another short documentary, much like the MMA one. Um, it was seven days as opposed to four months, but it was, you know, in many ways, it was seven days nonstop that felt, if you, if you had to con like condense, like a bottle, the, how, how much, how draining that experience was, it was probably equally as draining as the right. four months of training, if not more so, because. Yeah, it's just because you're just never ending. Exactly. Constantly being watched. Constantly being watched. And when you're on camera, if I'm not sleeping, like, I feel like I have to talk to them because they're there watching and you feel like you just have to engage with them the entire time. So I just did not stop talking for seven days. It was oh. exhausting. And it, it, because, yeah, because I, I met with many streamers during the week as part of my research. And I remember one streamer said, you know, he gets like, he, at that time he was getting like 8,000, 9,000 people watching him. And he said that for every minute where he wasn't engaging with them, he felt this pressure that he was wasting 9,000 minutes. And so like, there's like, it's such a, it was a strange experience. Wow. So anyways, my, that's a long way of answering your question <laughs> that that's one product I'm very proud of in the sense that it's just, it's a, I think it's a very good deep dive into another culture. Cause I do love diving into cultures and that's definitely uh, a very unique culture. Especially yeah. I, f I found the juxtaposition between just the nature of Buzzfeed versus the nature of this corner of the internet yeah. coming together. It was very strange and harrowing because yeah, it was rough. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so, so if people haven't seen it, what's the full name of the video so they can go search for it? Mm. <laughs> After your bite. Delicious. Um, no rush. You can, you can chew. <laughs> it's a very dramatic title. It is How Streaming My Week for a Life Almost Destroyed Me or something like that. And I'm very dramatic in the thumbnail. I look, it's a, it's a screenshot of me during the experience. I just look like I'm about to die. Got it. Okay, so, guys. Uh, well, watch that. Um, I know I'm going to after this. Like, we've been mm -hmm. like, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, okay, yeah, I, I, that's what I would hope mm -hmm. is like one of your favorite ones because I know you are just like a really passionate guy mm -hmm. that makes great content, so that's I appreciate exciting. that, yeah. Um, okay, so as you said, like you've traveled like, um, a lot in your childhood and then you came here to LA to work uh, here at BuzzFeed, so you've just like done a lot of crazy, interesting experiences. What would you say is like one of the more, um, like, like from all these experiences, like what's like one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your life? Do you have anything like that? I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is truly through all my experiences, and I give a lot of credit to the experiences I've had at BuzzFeed for yeah. this particular, particularly, yeah. is that we really, regardless of how we feel about what happens after death, you could go to heaven, you could be reborn, you could just be warm food, whatever it is, whatever it is, in this lifetime, we have a finite amount of time. Wow. Either before we're reborn or, again, we ascend or we go, go down there. Yeah. Whatever it is, finite amount of time. And so I've learned, especially over the past year and a half, that every little moment is something, every little moment is, is every experience is worth having. Mm. And I think we should never allow the fear of failure to stop us from doing so. Mm. And so that's why everything, I, that's why I tackle everything I do with such, what, with such, uh, I'm trying to say this in a way, I, I, I tackle everything I do with such foolhardy, uh, kind of uh, drive because mm. you know what I'm gonna throw myself into it because then 
even if it fails, and whatever it is, this could be anything in life. This could yeah. be a project, this could be a career pursuit, like a job you want to have, relationship. or relationship, someone you're interested in, yeah. guy, girl, you know, um, you throw yourself into it because then at least, even if it doesn't work out 10, 20 years from now, you can't, you won't look back and say that, oh, I wish I had done that. Yeah. Regret is, and we can all attest this, re regret is one of the worst feelings in the world, that yeah. regret of thinking, you know, what if, yeah. like, what if I had just tried for this job I had, or like the MMA video, if 10 years from now, I my body probably wouldn't, my body or time, maybe I have a family, I just, maybe I'm not in the right place to be able to train for a fight like that, and I think, yeah. God, I wish I had trained for this fight 10 years ago, or relationship, God, I wish I had gone after this guy or this girl, just tried it, even if they rejected me, at least I tried it. Yeah. So I think through the products I've been able to do, I'm, I'm just so grateful to have had these experiences, and I'm glad that I've, that I just decided to go for them, and that sort of like is what has shaped my takeaway in life, which is currently at this point, I'm just like, I just say hell yeah to whatever yeah. whatever comes, whatever I want to do, yeah. and I go for it. And I think that's why I look back on a lot of the memories I had growing up is I'm glad that my parents pushed me to do a lot of things that I did, yeah. such as travel. Because when, when I was little and we would travel, I was the, the kid that like sit on his Game Boy. And you know, that's I just want to, yeah, and yeah. I was just like, I was like, all right, where's the, what's the Wi-Fi code for the hotel room? And I regret that. I yeah. really do, you know? Yeah. Uh, like so many of the places we went to, like I, yeah, we have pictures of me there, but I didn't really experience it for what it was, and so like, you know, I want to, I kind of want to go back to places I'd already been, which is kind of a waste because I was there already instead of like, discovering somewhere new. But in many ways, I didn't really get to discover it in the first place. Yeah. And so that knowing that regret, you know, is what drives me to make sure I don't feel that same regret in the things I do now. Yeah. And I think uh, yes, yeah, so I guess I didn't really. I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. And like, and because I feel like for someone like me. Um, I'm someone that when it comes to work stuff, I'm very much like, yes, I'll try anything, I'll like, do anything, which that's bitten me in the butt and also been really great for things. But I'm not someone that kind of takes bigger life experiences more. And I like, so hearing you say that just kind of reminds me of like, wow, like I'm, I'm excited to kind of focus on that more. Like, cause now that I don't have a full-time job and I'm, I saved up a lot of money and I, I have like time in my life to really experience and try th new things and try new experiences and meet new people and travel and um, I haven't really put focus into that in my life so like kind of hearing you say that like just kind of gives me the inspiration and like kind of like the permission to be like yeah I'm on the right path like I'm like I want to do more experiences mm -hmm. um, okay so uh, from all these experiences though like obviously I find really interesting when people have like royally fucked up something or messed up because that's when you can learn from your mistakes mm -hmm. right like is there any moment in your life that you just like royally fuck something up that you, you've hopefully learned something from i got choked out in the cage oh right yes <laughs> no yes. that's a that's a joke no uh <clears throat> but um yeah i mean failure is honestly one of the best ways to learn it yeah. really is yeah you know uh i'm gonna quote someone from a recent video of mine where he said he said failure is the best way to learn something because yeah we just we just don't gain strength or courage without adversity i think he's along those lines yeah. And so, I mean, I failed in so much, you know, uh, and you know, you, I'm proud to own those failures, you know, yeah. it, it could be failure in anything, it could be failure in a romantic pursuit, yeah. failure in a, in a, in a professional uh, pursuit and, yeah. or in, in work. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there, there have been people like romantically that yeah. I, you know, I, I invest time into, yeah. I invest time into the potential of the relationship and it just doesn't work out. That's, and that's what it is. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, when I look back at failed relationships, yeah. the ones I feel less of a sting about, I guess, or less regret about, are the ones where I know I tried everything I could to make it work. Exactly. And that's the takeaway that, again, it just drives me now. It's just like, you just give everything you have to something, and then even if it fails, you're like, I just, I did the best I could. Yeah. And I actually attribute that ideology to my brother, and because he's always been like, when it comes to jobs or anything like that, you just give it your all, because then, if things just don't work out, you know you did your best, and so it just wasn't meant to be. And so just having that in personal relationships where, and this is multiple, you know, I've, yeah. I've dated multiple women and it doesn't work out. And so, and the ones that don't work out where I've put everything in, into it, or put a lot of like effort into it, yeah. I actually don't regret those the most because I know I did everything I could, yeah. didn't work out, yeah. great, we move on. You're not each other's person. Exactly, and, and you fine. move on. You know that you tried your best. Yeah. And so that's, a failure but you learn from that failure and I think it took many failures in relationship potential relationships to get me to that point where I knew that any ones 
that were to come, I would just give it everything I had. Yeah, and then you learn from those. Like you learn like what doesn't yep. work for you and what works like what maybe you're not perfect at in a relationship Absolutely. and how you can be better for a, n a new person. Yes, earlier tonight we talked about how, exa for example, you know, sarcasm is a very big thing for me. Yeah, I've invested time with people who don't understand sarcasm. I have since learned. Need uh, let's look for someone that, that yeah. understands sarcasm. You let's know? just like skip over the awkward bit. Like exactly. you have to have it. Yeah. Got it. Now I know. <laughs> now I know what I need. Self awareness. Yeah. You know, I once, uh, <laughs> you know, I have dated some very uh, opinionated people that I think uh, the term bigot <laughs> would not be uh, too far off. Too far off. Ooh, so you know, okay. I learned from that. You, gotcha. know, you learn from these things, um, but. You know, so yeah, I guess that's those are a, a personal one, and then professionally, I mean, God, there's just so many projects. I can't even name one. I, I mean, I've tried things at BuzzFeed, outside of BuzzFeed, from before, where I'm like, I have this great idea for a video. I mean, BuzzFeed. I talk about BuzzFeed right now. I mean, for example, the streaming video we just talked about. Yeah. Invested seven days nonstop. Yeah. Drained me. It, and when you watch the video, you'll see also that it's such a heroin video to me because it impacted my personal relationships too. My friends. Mm. During the process, they didn't like the camera being around because, again, they were targeted by these, by a lot of some of these trolls. Yeah. And then, obviously, in the edit, they came across, and partially due to my edit, uh, you know, they look like they're kind of being mean to me mm. because they're, you know, telling me to turn the camera away and stuff like that. And mm. so, obviously, there were ramifications in my personal life, not long-term ones, but people were they're probably a bit that they weren't probably they were miffed yeah, yeah, yeah. by, you know, the way. The experience was for them, and we we joke about it now, you know, about how like oh let's let's not stream again, uh, or and by you know the entire experience. And so, anyways, my point is that was such a such a that process was so draining. The edit yeah. itself, I mean, the edit itself, we had seven days of footage, so I was editing one hundred and twenty-seven hours. I don't even know what it was. Fuck. I, and I went through everything. I yeah. went through everything because I didn't want to miss any sound bites. But my point is, I spent so long on that, so many sleepless nights, and the video didn't do well. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Same. So, but that's what it is, right? That's, that's a failure. Yeah. But you learn from it. And the thing is, I don't regret making it because it's something I'm very proud of. Uh, well, because one thing is like, in, and I think probably since you made this a few months ago or the, um, the streaming video a few months ago, it probably informed a lot of how you can make the MMA video and it's filming much more streamlined, I yep. bet. Yeah. You learn so much from it. I'm like, okay, don't overshoot. <laughs> no, but it's so true. Again. I am such a proponent for embracing your failures yeah. and learning from them. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of us are, maybe even subconsciously. Like, we, we, when something fails, we learn not to let that happen again. But sometimes we don't consciously recognize that it's something we're doing. Yeah. And I think consciously being like, okay, this failed and this didn't work for this reason, but I'm going to take it as a positive and go from there yeah. is one of the best things that any of us can do. Exactly. And that, again, anything, personal life, professional life. Failures are part of life. You win. You it's lose. all about what's next and how you can yeah. do better next time. Exactly, it's how you rise from the failure. Exactly. You know. Okay, so then going forward in your life, like from all these mistakes or all these lessons you've learned, what's like Arya's kind of hope for the future? Like some people hate this question, some <laughs> people love it. But like, do you have any kind of like five, ten, twenty-year plan, or like what are you hoping for in the future? I I don't have a concrete plan, but I know a, a rough gist. Good, love that. Okay, so. Obviously, if we're talking 20 years from now, you know, I am hoping to find someone that I'm with at that time. In 20 years, who's I- Who's sarcastic. Who's, sar who's sarcastic and not a bigot. That'd <laughs> be know? great. <laughs> that would be ide ideal. But maybe in 20 years, I'm like, well, I'll take whatever, it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, 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 yeah. No, I just won't listen to you. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, so that's, on the personal front, in 20 years, that'd be great. I don't plan on- I know I don't plan on getting married at least until I'm 35. Mm. You know, I feel like there's so much I want to accomplish professionally first yeah. um, that I feel like marrying someone may just take away from what I'm able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, so I probably won't plan on having kids till then either. Uh, so, but 20 years from now, certainly, hopefully married, hopefully with kids. Um, but uh, in the near future, though, I mean, like I again, I've been. Grateful to by to have the opportunity to have made products I'm very proud of, yeah. and I hope to continue growing creatively and being able to tackle on even bigger projects. Yeah, and I would love to make a jump into traditional film and TV. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'd love to just continue 
telling stories that's what it is for me i love storytelling yeah um and i if i can find a way to continue just telling fresh unique stories in a, a way that really resonates with people be it comedically or emotionally mm-hmm. uh and doing so for a wider audience the bigger as it gets bigger and bigger you know every it's a stepping stone right so i yeah. can as long as i continue to grow that's what i want to do cool. and so in like five years from now i'd love to, i'd love to make a movie uh, you know, I'd love to do something on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's even if I'm doing something digitally on the internet, I want to still just make stuff I'm proud of. And yeah. I think I've been lucky that for me, it feels like with, with the MMA video, you know, like that's something like I feel like I'm not stagnating. Yes. And I want to just keep that momentum going. Yeah, you're like every kind of new project you're doing is like bigger, better, more complex. And that's like aiding in your development. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I hope to do. So I guess that is my plan um but yeah i mean the main i guess the general way of just answering your question is yeah i just love to continue telling stories in in whatever scope i can the bigger the better well guys i doubt there will um uh be no stopping aria he's gonna keep making these stuff and i just can't wait to see what movies you do and hopefully more acting in the future like that'll Mm -hmm. definitely be something we'll look out for at least if i'm directing i'll just cast myself there you go (laughs) see I, that's the way to do it, man. If you can't, if people don't see you yeah. as someone that can be a star, you make yourself a star. If they don't see me as Abraham Lincoln, I'll make myself Abraham there Lincoln. There we go. So. <laughs> Beard and everything, <laughs> yeah. top hat. They'll, they'll deal with it, you know? Yes. I'll get a lot of hate mail, but hey, it's my movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't recasting me. Okay, so the next thing, we are kind of ending towards, or going towards the end of the dinner view, but one thing I always love to do with my guests is, this is the dinner view's guest book, right? Yes. There's like schmutz all over it. Um, but people, they sign their name, I put how they did for the game, and then they ask a question to the next guest. Mm. So the last guest was Crystal Hatch, and she wrote a question for you. Oh, and then when we're Crystal. done, yeah, isn't Crystal great? She's amazing. Her, her interview was amazing. Because um, she has like, such an inspiring childhood story mm-hmm. that like, I didn't even know be- until like, recently. And oh, I was well, like, I'm excited what? to hear it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. But after we're done, we'll have you write a question mm-hmm. too, and your question will be for Colin. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but what Crystal asked you, and she said I had to like say it in a certain way. So huh. here we go. She goes, Aria, my king, my death neighbor, you are such an inspiration. Oh. What, what I would like to know is what drives you in life, in career, in love, what drives you? Love, Crystal. Great message. Thank you, Crystal. I, I've only gotten to know Crystal fairly well recently, yeah. but she's fantastic, and I yeah. definitely love having her as a death mate too. Um, what drives me, you know, in life, in career, it's just, I want to have experiences I can look back on when I'm laying in my deathbed, (laughs) I can look back on experiences and memories with people, with places, with stories that I can look back on and just know I did everything I could, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to be laying there thinking, God, I, I wish, I wish I had. Again, we we've been covering this a lot today, yeah. but yeah, it's just it's about regret. Yeah. Regret is what f- drives me. Yeah. Regret is what, the fear of regret is what yeah. drives me. You know, so just the, live in the moment, live, live in, now. in the moment, make the most out of every moment, and so that's what drives me in professional pursuits and romantic pursuits, personal pursuits. Yeah. It's that, that image in my head. And it's not one that really crosses my mind often, but thinking, yeah, like, many, many, many years from now. Hopefully, yeah. and when I'm uh, when I when I'm incapable of wiping my own butt, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, well, I can't wipe my own butt, but hell, I had one good life, great life. <laughs> what a yeah. way to look at it! <laughs> you I, know, I love that. You know, uh, so yeah, I guess that's what drives me. Okay, just um, live your life so that you have no regrets. Mm-hmm. The fear Pass of regret it. is what drives me. I guess it's a simple answer. Got it. I have a final question, but before we do that, I want to bring out the dessert, okay? If a younger Aria was sitting here, let's say like a seven-year-old Aria, right? What would you think of the food that we served tonight? Uh, Or what would he think of it? All all like the appetizer, dinner, and now the dessert. And then what would you say to your younger seven-year-old Aria self? Okay. I would, uh, first of all, my seven-year-old self would love this. Okay. I was lucky enough to grow up with parents that just love to cook. Yeah that loved food that loved taking my brother and i to places where we could appreciate food like this so growing up i got to experience dishes like spaghetti alla vongole shrimp cocktail which you know maybe most five-year-olds don't really seven-year-olds don't really eat shrimp cocktail but so i know that as seven-year-olds i would have loved this i would have devoured this and uh yeah i you know this even now as 28 years oh my god and then we have right here we have some nutella homemade crepes 
Oh, wow. Here, let's see. Ta-da. And so I think they're pretty stuffed, but if they need more stuff, <laughs> I, think they're, I will we'll get you no, more. I, I think they're very stuffed. Okay, perfect. Oh my God. Here's one. Do you want two? I will definitely be taking two. Okay, yeah, great. Like, I'll give you one with a lot of sugar and one with uh, not as much. This, I don't have one. This is too much. Um, but yeah, so would your younger yeah, self no, like but Yeah, my younger self would definitely be loving this. He would be eating this with his hands. Yeah, probably maybe well, actually eating this with his hands. I'll eat with my hands. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Can't go wrong with chocolate and beautiful bready crepes, right? It's amazing, Matthew. My nutritionist would be so upset right now. Good. Fuck that. Enjoy <laughs> the, it. You're the video, here. The video's done. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. video's done. Um, you can work out tomorrow. I will be working out tomorrow after this. But was it worth it? When I'm on that treadmill tomorrow, this was all worth it. Um, I'm going to take another bite after I answer your question. But yeah. yeah. 7-year-old he would be eating that. The, the Nutella crepes would be the icing on the cake for him. Yeah. Um, what would I tell him though? Yeah. You know, I was always a dreamer ever, ever since I was a kid. So, oh. So I guess the main thing I would tell him is just nowadays I'm lucky to surround myself with people like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of us are creatives, and so they understand the the pursuit of trying to create content or trying to just tell stories. But when I was growing up, you know, I went to a small school, went to international schools overseas, and so the population of the schools were very small. Mm. Everyone knew each other, and in many ways I always felt kind of like the odd one because I was always carrying around a little camera. I'd film everything. I was like the guy from American Beauty, just less oh, creepy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah <laughs> not that, yeah, probably not that creepy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I would film everything. I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't say I was very, I wasn't like singled out for it, but I, I still just felt odd. Yeah. You know, I felt like everyone else is pursuing, you know, they're pursuing typical high school, middle school things, and I was just filming things and making weird short films. Um, so I guess, but that passion went back to when I was seven, right? This is the only, like, I, I've said this already, but working, creating stuff was always the only thing I ever wanted to do. Never wanted to do anything else. Mm-hmm. No, I, did, I had no other dreams. And so I guess I would just tell my seven-year-old self that, you know, whatever doubts you may feel in the coming years about what you want to do, you know, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> go, go for it. Film your weird little videos, even though they may make me cringe now, but I still <laughs> love them for what they are, you know, uh, and just... Just know that you know those little those things help shape the voice that I now have as a creator. They help shape what I want to accomplish, and they help shape the path I'm on now. I learned so much about editing when I was like 13 or 14, making these videos. You know, yeah. I learned so much about storytelling through the videos I would make or YouTube videos I'd make when I was in college. Yeah, and so that's what I would tell my seven-year-old self, and I would also tell my seven-year-old self that in 20 years from now, when you're in an MMA cage, don't let the guy put you in a front face lock. And if he does, swim your arm up here so you get out of the guillotine choke and don't pass out. Uh, wait, does that, does that still like bug you that you lost? Like, no, 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 okay, no, no, yeah, no, it doesn't. I'm like, you cannot. <laughs> does don't not. beat yourself up. No, no, I make jokes about it. Okay. Honestly, like, that's what's so interesting is about the, the fight itself is like, people told me beforehand, or this fighter that told, the one fighter I spoke to beforehand said that when he was talking about his first loss, he said he, he couldn't sleep for a week. And I was like, shit, is that gonna happen to me? But as soon as the fight was over, I was like, yeah. you know? Because you know why? It was before I went into the fight, and it's, I think you see it in the video, is I accepted that whatever happens, I was totally fine with it. Yeah. And that was why I felt so calm going to the fight, is that yeah. the, victory was, the victory was accomplished before I stepped in there. Exactly. But, you know. And plus, you know what? Uh, the shot of me passing out, hey. What an image. Yeah. Know? That's it more, was, that's it more was fun. Cool. Better a shot of me passing out than me getting my hand raised. That's boring. Yeah. Hand raised. That's too a cliche. Yeah, too you, want, you want to see me just die. <laughs> and <laughs> spill pasta on myself, too. I'll eat this, though. Oh, my yes. God. What a treat. Oh, it's like leaking Nutella. My favorite. Oh, my God. But, um, so, thank you for all of this. Thank you for spending time thank with you. me. Look at this. You're getting <laughs> crazy. This man is so sweet. He's talking to me. But I mean, it's true, you know, I mean, especially in this day and age, I have found that it is really hard to spend good quality time with people. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so busy, especially in this town, especially when you have like crazy jobs like us. So you taking time out of your day to enjoy this with me means a lot. And, and also like for all you guys at home, like honestly, I know this is a crazy long show and there, it can at times be boring. But for those of you who tell me you do watch the entire thing and that you like use it in your daily life to like listen while you're working or cooking it means so much because i want to get back to a time where people don't rush so much and i'm telling this because i need to know it 
but just take your time to enjoy good people, enjoy good food, and enjoy good conversation. So thank you, Aria, um, for being here. And you guys, all the videos he's mentioned throughout this, I'll link down below, but go follow him on Instagram. I'll have it down below it, but it's, it's Aria Inthavong. Mm -hmm. okay. And, um, and uh, go enjoy all his videos because it's gonna be great now, but they're gonna even get better in the future. And I cannot wait to see what that is. You're so sweet, Matthew. And I thank you for having me. No. I agree with you. <clears throat> I'm also guilty of it that you know we just don't take enough time to just sit down and enjoy things for what they are. So I'm glad I got to sit here with you. This voodoo is incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Listen to Taylor Crepe. I'm gonna probably have, probably have a third. Yeah, I was gonna say, there. these are all for you. I mean, you're gonna bring more home. Cause oh, I'm, no, I don't know if I should do my, that. <laughs> my goal is to keep him chubby and not have him <laughs> keep those abs. No, 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 no. <laughs> Cause oh. I'm jealous. <laughs> the, the, you're doing a good job destroying them right now. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'll run tomorrow, I'll run tomorrow. So, so guys, thanks for watching. We're gonna eat more crepes and we'll see you next week. Bye. Yay. Here, take another one. <laughs> this is incredible. Thank you so much, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Oh. Dinner Views is created by a small and mighty team. Food support by Cullen Folks and Sarah Johnson, co-editing by Michelle Martin, and the series is directed, produced, co-edited, and has original recipes cooked by me, Matthew Francis. You can follow me on all the social media apps with the handle Matthew Francis J. Okay, that's it. Peace out.